0: You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Chalaios. Today we are talking about medical assisted treatments and substance use. And with me from Davis Behavioral Health are licensed social workers Nancy Moss and Brett Bartruff. And Nancy and Brett, let's talk about families, substance use, alcohol disorders really do have a big impact on families. So let's talk about the family and how families are impacted by these things.
1: This is such a a tender area because when our kids, when our family members are in the midst of their addiction, they are not aware of their behaviors that sustain that addiction. They're not paying attention to their sneakiness or their lying or their stealing money out of your purse. And so for families, this is a really tough struggle to decide when do I cut this off and let it loose? Or am I enabling them? How does my love come through? What do I need to do? And I see a lot of broken hearts and it's a tender area for me also because no family is exempt from this, but um, that continued unconditional regard for this human being that you have more love toward than probably anybody. And it's hard because hearts are broken continually. And so we've had quite a few who are drug in by parents and they're not ready. They're not internally motivated. And then the parents drag them in again, and they're not ready. But maybe by the third or fourth time, they are. The one thing that I can say that is beneficial if a family member gets to a position where they end up incarcerated, do not bail them out. That's the best help that I've seen. And it's the hardest thing for a parent because ugly words come out Of people in active addiction about not loving them, not caring about them. But some of them need that wake-up call to see what the other side looks like. And it might have to happen a couple times. I had a client tell me one time that coming in for help is like banging your head against a cement wall. Some of us only need two or three times. Some of us are on our 20th time. Our uh, medical director got a text from a client last week, thanking her for not giving up on her after about 25 engagement periods or episodes of care, and that this person finally got it and finally was doing okay. So all I can say is just keep on trying, but put those boundaries in place. If they're stealing from you, if they're bringing people into your home that are not acceptable, They're not welcome there. They may have to live on the street. They may have to live in their car. They may have to go to the homeless shelter. They have to experience some of those consequences to get to a point where they're going to tap into some internal motivation. And when the consequences outweigh the feelings they get by being high, that's where you get a little
0: movement toward change. What would you tell people? Why is it so difficult to overcome
2: Oh, we have looked at addiction treatment as an acute care illness that we need to get treatment and then we get better. We go and receive services and then and then, just like a broken arm, um, we receive treatment given it time to heal and and we're then better. Uh, addiction is a a chronic illness that needs to be addressed with different treatment intensities and different approaches differently throughout our life and we may have times that we are doing really, really well and somebody may have increased stressors in life and may need to increase the type of treatment that we're receiving or the type of treatment we're receiving for our, our maintenance of our addiction just no longer becomes effective. We've talked about similarities between diabetes and I think it's a good example that if someone is on a really good regime of of insulin or medication and lifestyle changes and they suddenly find they have an increased spike in in their blood sugars we don't look at that person and like well you should be better you should be different or you just don't have the willpower to have good blood sugar levels that we say okay well let's adjust our lifestyle let's adjust our medication the same thing is true and it's a it's difficult to to overcome that stigma addiction is also a debilitating brain disease and it tells people the difference between diabetes and addiction is addiction lies to people that have it tells them that they do not have it diabetes does not tell somebody you do not have diabetes addiction causes somebody to have that really thick denial and not know that they have it. I really appreciate what Nancy brought up about families and that I wanted to share just a couple resources for families that have loved ones with addiction problems. There is Al-Anon that has been around for a long time that is a 12-step approach for family members to attend. There's also a a newer community organization organization called Community Reinforcement and Family Training or CRAFT. If you Google Community Reinforcement and Family Training, you can find those resources. There are meetings here in in Utah, um, in Salt Lake. There is one here at Davis Bay Health, CRAFT really helps balance families' desire to engage their family member in treatment, but also hold boundaries and then have good self-care.
0: All right, Nancy, before we run out of time, let's talk about Narcan and why Narcan is important for people who do have someone who is struggling in their family. Go ahead and okay, describe so Narcan that Narcan us.
1: used specifically for opioid use disorders, and we are trying to get them out to everybody that we can. Um Narcan is naloxone, which is a fast-acting substance. So if a person notices that their loved one is nodding out, um, not breathing very well, pupils are small, maybe turning purple, the Narcan can be administered, and what it does is it just takes that opioid right off the receptor, and brings the person back. The person's miserable, but you give the Narcan, then you call 911. Then if they need a second dose, a lot of people can have access to this. If they have Medicaid, they can get that a prescription. A lot of insurances will cover that. And then Utahnaloxone.org will also send you free kits. And so. We try to have these out in all the homes of our clients because they are being used on friends, on family, on somebody they come upon at the bus station, and it's a lifesaver. People cannot get better if they've overdosed and died. So we want to keep them alive. We want to keep giving them chances. We come from a harm reduction perspective of let's just get you to a place where we know you're not going to die right now. And we'll work on those things. We'll keep on working on those.
0: Thank you so much to both of you. Let's give the phone number again, Nancy. Give us that phone number again for somebody who needs to reach out for help today.
1: All right. It's 801 773 7060.
0: Okay. Thanks again to both of you. And you've been listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio.